Larry Keeley at Masters Insurance and Trust Company. How are you, Mr. Keeley? I, oh, I'm fine, thank you, but that's rather beside the point. I have a bit of a problem, Mr. Dollar. Haven't we all? Yeah. Thank you, pardon. Nothing, sir. Just go on, please. Well, Mr. Dollar, one of our claimants, that is to say the beneficiary of a small insurance policy, apparently never received the check for $3,000 we sent him. I'm afraid I don't get it, Mr. Keeley. Why call on me? All you have to do is call the bank, stop payment on that check, and issue another. I'm afraid not, sir. Why not? I said apparently never received it. I use that word advisedly. Well? Because it so happens the check we sent him has been cashed. Oh. Yes, properly endorsed and apparently cashed by the claimant, the beneficiary himself. Apparently again. Yes, and again, I use the word advisedly. Well, then it kind of means one of two things. Either this beneficiary is trying to collect the money twice, yes. or somebody else got to that check first. In which case, we have a little matter of forgery on our hands. Which, of course, should exact the fullest possible penalty of the law. Will you look into it for us? Sure, Mr. Keeley, why not? <laughs> Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Masters Insurance and Trust Company, Home Office, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the double exposure matter. Expense account item one, $1.20 for a cab to Keeley's office on the 10th floor of the Star Record Building. He's a man of about 60, I'd say, short, stout, and uh, rather pompous in his manner. Or maybe self-important is more like it. Oh, I'm sure you realize as well as I do that a $3,000 claim is relatively small. Relatively unimportant. I use that word advisedly. Oh, that means I can't expect much of a commission. Huh? Eh? Eh? What's that? Uh, nothing, sir. Go ahead, please. Yes. The fact remains that if the claimant, the beneficiary, thinks he can get away with collecting twice on the policy, seems to me he'd have to be pretty stupid to try a thing like that. Oh, you're right. You're entirely right, sir. Exactly the way I feel about it. And Peter Upman is not a stupid man, so far as I have been able to determine. Upman? The beneficiary. In other words, it becomes evident, and I use that word advisedly, that someone else got hold of that check, endorsed it with Peter Upman's name, signed the receipt, of course, and, uh, shall we say, left for parts unknown. In other words, we are faced with a case of forgery. Yeah, I uh, think I suggested something of that sort. Eh? Uh, why, yes, yes, of course you did. And forgery is a serious matter, sir. Now, go along with you on that. Not only in this particular instance, because of the relatively small amount involved, and I use that term advisedly, oh, sure but do. because it could lead to other attempts where perhaps much larger amounts could be involved. So you want me to see if I can run down this forger for you? No. No? Why do you say that? If we are to believe the People's National Bank over in Milford... Milford, Connecticut? That's right. If we are to believe them, the personnel concerned, their actual photographic record of the transaction, there was no forgery. But I thought you just finished saying. What's that? Mr. Dollar, according to them, and I have no reason to doubt them in the least, Peter Upman himself appeared, endorsed that check, cashed it, and left with the money. However, yeah. I have here a properly signed deposition to the effect that Upman not only never cashed that check, but that he never... Oh, oh, no, this doesn't make sense. We have no reason whatsoever to question the validity of this deposition. You're sure of that? I am certain of it. But but you can't be. That is why I have called upon you. Somehow, Mr. Dollar, you must bring the criminal, whoever he is, to justice. Will you do it, sir? Well, 
Yeah, sure. Why not? And I use that term advisedly. Naturally, my first move was to drive on down to Milford. On the expense account, that rings up item two, five and a quarter for a tank full of gas for my own car. The People's National Bank was closed for the day, so I registered at the Milford Arms, ate some dinner, that's item three, another five and a quarter. That is, including a couple of drinks beforehand. Then I drove over to the address of Mr. Peter Upman. Pete, living alone in a small apartment on East Willow Drive, turned out to be about uh, 33. He was tall, husky, good-looking. The football type with a big shock of red hair. Very nervous, though. The kind who doesn't stay put anywhere for very long. Yeah, sure. Come in, darling. Sit down. Sit down. Okay. How about if I pour us a drink or something? How about it? No, no thanks, Upman. Upman? Sure you don't mean Mr. Upman? <laughs> now, don't be so formal. Just call me Pete. Sure you couldn't do it with a little drink just to sort of celebrate. How about it, huh? Celebrate what? Celebrate what? You said the insurance company, didn't you? That's right. Then produce, man. Produce. Just don't keep me hanging here. Only I'll sit down, too. Come on, man. Come on. Let's have it, huh? What are you talking about? The check. What else? Old Aunt Lizzie's insurance. Don't tell me you came all the way down here from Hartford without bringing me another check for all that lovely money, that three grand. Now, don't tell me that. Oh, uh, another check, huh? Why, sure. What else? Hey, now, look what I mean. Is... Yeah. Yeah, what do you mean, Pete? I mean another one to take the place of one the company was supposed to send me, but I never got it. That's what I mean. They said they sent it to me, but man, I never saw it. Oh, they sent it all right, and they got a receipt for it. That's what they say, man. That's what they've been saying to me ever since I put on that claim for it. Oh, look. Maybe the Upmans are kind of funny about some things, but they aren't liars, see? And I'm telling you, I never got that check. Pete, that check, you don't believe me? You asked that lawyer, that Alfred R. Price. He took my statement and made me swear to it. No, I and I don't swear to something unless it's true, see? That's all very well, swear but... Swear something isn't true is a one-way trip to the jailhouse. And, man, that's not for me. I'm beginning to wonder... Sure, that's the fastest way to get yourself into trouble, but... Now, uh, look, Dollar. You be careful what you say. Yeah. I'm a nervous man, darling. Sometimes I got a pretty quick temper. And if somebody's trying to pull a fast one on me, well, don't try it. I don't care who you are. Just don't try it, darling. Maybe it wouldn't be very healthy for you. See what I mean? Uh, is that supposed to be a warning, Pete? Warning? No. No, man, I don't fool around. That's a threat. Pepsi-Cola refreshes without the... Trying to reason with Peter Upman didn't work. He was much too anxious to use his fists. And from the looks of him, he might have done very well with them. He maintained he'd never received the insurance check. That he wanted the money, wanted it fast, and that's all there was to it. That I had my choice of getting it for him or else. He made it plain that if I didn't like his attitude, he'd be perfectly willing to pound some sense into my head. So why stick my neck out? When I figured I could get all the information I needed from the lawyer, Mr. Alfred R. Price. And Price, living in a lonely home on the north side of town, was somewhat different from his hot-tempered young client. I'm, I'm afraid you just have to forgive Peter his somewhat belligerent attitude. He comes from a very old family over in New Haven. I was their attorney for many years. They tried to spoil him, make him the same lazy, indolent sort that his sister and his two brothers are. One of those things, huh? But Peter would have none of it. He was determined to make something of himself entirely on his own. I see. As a result of his stubbornness, his defiance, and his father's unreasonable attitude, well, his father...
father blandly told him he was cutting him off without a penny. How do the other kids feel about him? <laughs> There's no love for him, believe me. But uh, how's he made out? Very well, Mr. Dollar. He owns a little electronic shop. More important, he's the only member of the family who has any real knowledge of the value of money, simply because he's the only one who's gone to work for it. Which explains, I suppose, why he's so anxious to get his hands on the 3,000 insurance that his aunt left. Oh, he can use it, too. That is, if he hasn't already got it and is simply trying to bluff his way into another three grand. No, don't you believe it, Mr. Dollar. Peter would no more, could no more think of such a thing. Why, you seem pretty sure of that. I've known him since the day he was born. (laughs) And I've liked him in spite of his hot temper. And I'm absolutely certain he would never attempt anything out of line. Well, you're pretty convincing, Mr. Price. Well, after all, I'm a lawyer, Mr. Dollar. But the fact remains the company sent him a check. It was properly endorsed. The money was paid out. But not to him. But how can you be sure? Because he says it wasn't. And that's good enough for me. But in that case... Have you talked to the people at the bank, to the teller who made the payment? No, no, I haven't. Have you seen the photograph of the actual transaction as it took place? So you're the second one to mention such a photograph. A very ingenious device there at that bank. I suggest the first thing in the morning you go down there, see it, talk with the president, Mr. Oliver, and then see what you think. So first thing in the morning, I was at bank talking with Mr. Barton Winfield Oliver, the president. Yes, a very ingenious device, Mr. Dollar, when it works properly. Oh, what do you mean by that, Mr. Oliver? Called a photo register. One of the very first models to be installed in a place of business. Actually, it was an experimental model. Well, just what is it? What does it do? Comparable devices, much improved, of course, are in use throughout the whole country now. What does it do, sir? It automatically takes a picture of everyone who steps up in front of the teller's cage. Oh, yeah, I think I've heard of such things. Of course. Yeah, aren't they used in a lot of supermarkets, places like that, to make a photographic record of people who cash checks in them? Yes. And as a result, the incidence of bad checks in those places, <laughs> why, they're almost a thing of the past. All this means that you have a picture of the man who cashed that insurance check. Uh, well, uh, yes, yes, I have. May I see it, please? Well, uh... Yes. Because if it is a picture of young Peter Upman, I don't care what his lawyer says. Here you are, Dollar. This is photographic proof it was he who... Who... Huh? Uh, yes. Oh, now, wait, wait a minute. Well, that was an you early... You say this is the best that fancy machine of yours can do? It was an experimental model. Why, this could look like almost anybody. In the beginning, it was very good. Made very clear pictures. Well, it certainly doesn't anymore. But only the head cashier, and I know that. Huh? The general public don't. They think it operates as well as ever. So it serves its purpose. Yeah, how? Because anyone thinking of trying anything is scared by it. Oh, great, great. Then this photo doesn't really mean a thing. Oh, sure, in a way it does look somewhat like Peter Upman, same bill, same general sort of face, even the same shock of hair. But it's so blurred, so indistinct, like a double exposure. I, uh, yes, yes, I know. But when Mrs. Eberhardt says that it was Peter... Who's uh, Mrs. Eberhardt? She's one of our oldest, most trusted employees, the teller who waited on him. Oh, let me talk to her, please. Certainly. Oh, Mrs. Eberhardt, will you close your case for a moment and come here, please? Let me, Mr. Oliver. That's the one? It is. She's been with the bank much longer than even I have. Almost from the beginning. She knows more about the people here in... 
Mr. Dollar, what does this mean? I casually pulled my gun out of its holster, and I held it casually in front of my chest, waiting for Mrs. Everhart to come over. Because I'd had a real good look at her when she turned to answer Mr. Oliver. And suddenly, I began to see things a lot more clearly. it to her when she comes over here. What good heavens, man. Wait now, wait now. Here she comes. Yes, it's not an unusual Oh, I'm so sorry, Walter. Okay, okay, Abby. Only I'm not Walter, I'm Jim. Oh, yes, of course, Jimmy. Right over here, Mrs. Everhart. Oh, I know, Mr. Oliver. I know. Oh, dear. Yes, all over the place. Abby, uh, I want you to meet my friend, Mr. Smith Oh, Mr. Johnny. Oh, oh. Millions, Mr. Dollar. I'll bet they've been going through it like a tornado. 
Yes, I'm afraid so. All right, then, Mr. Price, if I can bluff my way with this picture from the bank, and if you're any kind of an actor, well, let's get busy. I telephoned to Peter, told him to come over. Mr. Price called the others. Uh, they didn't care particularly about seeing Pete again, but Price told them some of the as-yet-undistributed money was at stake, and they quickly changed their minds. So, about an hour and a half later, there was a gathering of the Upman clan there at the office of the old attorney. Uh, look, darling, Mr. Price says you're okay and all that, but I still don't like your company's stall on the insurance payment. Just keep your shirt on, huh, Pete? And another thing, I didn't like your attitude when you came to see now, me. Now, look, look, you may be a little bigger than I am, but I've decided you'd be very foolish if you tried to take me on. Oh, yeah? It might even cost you a million bucks. Well, all I care about is Aunt Lizzie's 3000 Okay, okay, just take it easy. Huh? Take it easy? You say that to a Oh, red then shut up. Okay, now, all of you, listen to me. Yes, Johnny. I'm sure you all know that Pete here inherited a few thousand dollars from his Aunt uh, Elizabeth, I guess it is. Yes, and we've heard about how he's tried to collect it twice over. Well, if you ask me, Johnny... Thank you, Janet, but I'm not asking you. Well, if you ask me, Pete ought to be locked up for trying such a silly, childish thing. Yeah? Paul, with all the time in the world on your hands, it was real easy for you to pick up that insurance check over where Pete lives while he was at work, wasn't it? What's that? I what? And forging a signature? Well, after all, you're his own brother. Just a minute, please. And there at the bank, why, dear old half-blind Mrs. Eberhardt couldn't tell which was which. Now, look here, Dollar. What? A little machine put the finger on you, Paul. Absurd. Yeah, a little device at the bank that photographs everybody who goes up to a teller's cage. Dolly, you mean that... Oh, now, Johnny, you've been taken in. Have I? That old thing is just a bluff. It hasn't worked right in years. Oh, what makes you think that? I know. Because the cashier is a, well, a boyfriend of mine. Oh, the bank had better check its books. What? He didn't tell you it's been fixed recently? Fixed? No. No, he didn't. I, I mean, oh. Now, wait a minute. Like to see the picture it took of you, Paul, collecting that money? Yeah. Here, Mr. Price, see what you think. Hmm. Why, yes, Mr. Dollar. It's about as clear as it can okay, possibly... Okay, Paul, you... No, no, stop it. Somebody stop me here, not you, Paul. And hurry up, Good heavens, Mr. Dollar. Peter will kill him. Oh, I doubt it, Mr. Price. Can you think of a better way for justice to be done? Yeah. Peter paid Paul on this one. But I mean, royally. And I must confess, it did my heart good to watch him. And Pete, bless his fighting Irish heart. Yep, he'll be a millionaire one of these days. He's earned it. Expense account total, including hotel and food, $17.20. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. turn in just a moment. Constipation is something people don't talk about much, but it can be a problem for anyone, even doctors. And when constipation occurs, it's interesting to see just what doctors consider important about a laxative they might use or recommend. Well, a majority of the doctors we heard from had this to say. A laxative should be effective, gentle, close to natural acting. A medicine that can be used with complete confidence. 
Now, Exlax has been popular with many doctors and millions of people over the years because pleasant-tasting chocolated Exlax is effective. Overnight, it helps you toward your normal regularity. Exlax is so gentle, so close to natural acting, there's no upset. That's why many doctors and millions of people use Exlax with complete confidence. Exlax, the laxative that helps you toward your normal regularity gently overnight. Now, here is our star to tell you about next week's story. Next week, a story of a deadly swamp and four dedicated killers. Their intended victim? Well, join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Hollywood and is written, produced, and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in our cast were Marvin Miller, Peter Leeds, Jack Moyles, Ralph Moody, Bartlett Robinson, Eleanor Audley, and Sandra Gould. Be sure to join us next week, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. This is John Wall speaking. Shop Mattress Firm's year-end sale and put an end to junk sleep. Save up to $500 when you get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchase, up to a $4.99 value. Or shop top-selling brands and get up to 50% off select mattresses, like Sealy Twin Mattresses starting at $224.99 or Serta Twin Mattresses at $349.99. And shop with confidence thanks to our low-price guarantee, only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store for details.